Hello and welcome to the Martially Motivated Podcast. I am your host, Dan Burrell of Burrell Martial Arts. And this episode, uh, I am joined again by Brent Holland. Uh, he's quickly becoming my co-host uh, on these episodes. Uh, he has a lot of information uh, that I don't have. Uh, he, he has a different style than I do with karate. And uh, that was kind of what I want to talk about today is uh, I've been doing a lot of writing on myths and uh, misconceptions of martial arts. And there is a lot of it. And uh, I know he knows a lot of it. And so we discussed all the things that we thought we knew and didn't know and rediscovered uh, and are still discovering, still don't know. Uh, it's going to be an ongoing thing. Uh, but there's a lot of information that we were told as we were going through martial arts that we look back and go, wow, that was completely wrong. Uh, so we discussed some of that, in particular when it comes to history. Uh, and especially when you get politics involved, which a lot of martial arts has politics involved. That means someone's lying somewhere. So uh, we waded through some uh, historical uh, stuff on that uh, as to where our arts came from and then just specifics of things we were taught uh, back in the day that uh, we rediscovered and went, yeah, that's probably wrong. Uh, but uh, that's kind of the focus of this episode. So I hope you enjoy. to discuss uh, all the things we thought we knew about martial arts and then were wrong. Uh, this is going to be scary. <laughs> uh, well, I will say this, not including Taekwondo, the <laughs> stuff that I was taught back in the, the late 80s and early 90s about karate mm -hmm. is so ludicrous now <laughs> that that it's, it's the, I always tell my students, especially when it comes to like uh, what how a move works, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll start by saying, this is what I was shown in 1990 or 1989, uh, and, and, and they'll all laugh, and I'll say, okay, now this is what it really is, or this is what closer was really is. I don't blame my instructors. They didn't know any better. There was no internet. And, and that's the thing. Like, nowadays, internet and there's books on everything because you can self-publish now, so mm -hmm. everybody can do anything. Absolutely. And when you know, I was... 13 when I started. I didn't have access to the internet when I first started. It was around. It was in 93, so it was there. It just wasn't in everybody's home. Like, it's not in your phone. You know, if you want to look something up, you'll still go to the library and hope there's a book on it that... Well, for me, it was 89, and I think mm -hmm. I connected to the internet for the first time in about 91 at, like, 300 bald. Mm -hmm. And... Even if I would wanted to look up in, uh, something on the yeah. internet, that wasn't there. I mean, mm -hmm. and uh, hey, here's a picture of Tatsu. Oh, it's going to take 19 hours uh, to download, <laughs> and then you find out it's not even him, but some other uh, some other Okinawan guy. It's like, okay, well, jeez. <laughs> so it's. Uh, I think that's the biggest thing is so much of it was brought down and just told. Like this is what my instructor said. That's what he said. So I'm going to say it to my students, and then one day you, you read a book and go, ah. Oh, Damn it. <laughs> or even worse, you just grow up. I, Dan, I'm not joking. This is some of the stuff that we were told about Tatsu Shimabuku. That was on tests we had to take. Mm -hmm. When did he first start taking karate? Uh, he wanted to start taking when he was four. But he had to walk four miles each way to his mm -hmm. uncle's house to be turned down every day until he was eight. Now, I don't know how many four-year-olds you know. <laughs> but first of all, I wouldn't, tr I wouldn't trust a four-year-old to travel... Four blocks, <laughs> yeah, let alone four miles, and 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 you know to be turned down every day. Yeah. You, when Rhett was four, you'd have turned him down once, and he'd be like, "Well, the hell with you then," and he'd never would have come back. And and just all kinds of 
stupid stuff that we were told that Tatsu had done. And, and of course, then it was like his training was 10 years with each of these masters, and he became their number one student. And mm-hmm. most of that was lies. But, <laughs> but compared to the, the walking four miles each day to be shot down. Uh, Something my dad would have said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How he got to school. <laughs> In the snow. Santa, hill, both Santa, Claus, <laughs> Sa- the, Santa Claus is more believable than some of the stuff Tatsu Shimabuku did as a child, according to what I was told in the 80s. <laughs> The Tooth Fairy is comparable. <laughs> so let's start with this. I, I We're going to go back and forth with... Uh, I want you... Because you've done some Taekwondo. It was a long time ago. Yeah, it's been a long time ago, but yes, I've done Taekwondo for a couple of years. Tell me what you think you know about where Taekwondo came from. Okay. Okay, it's, it's hard to disseminate what, what I've been told afterwards mm-hmm. is what I was told. I know that it was... You know, it's one of those things that... Karate itself, or martial arts itself, started you know in in in, in China and Japan and mm. Okinawa and whatnot. Um, Korea, I was under the impression that Taekwondo became the Korean sport version of those martial arts. Um, when you look at some of the kicks, that's easy to, to see because some of them are, are great sport kicks, mm. and not really fantastic you know, self defense kicks. But I was told that it was uh, it was a sport. Mm. Um, that also had practical application, but I was also but I was told that when it came to the self defense, that's where the hapkido came into it, and that was more like taekwondo, but with intention, mm-hmm. you know, with, with with you know more hapkido is a lot more in common with Japanese and Okinawan martial arts than taekwondo is, uh, as we don't do a whole lot of. I mean, we kick, but it's not like the mm-hmm. kicking is not our 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 goal. Uh, and it's not nearly as old as, as, as Okinawan martial arts or Chinese martial arts. Um, oops, let me cut that off. That was my phone dinging. Um, so that's, that's, that's about it in a nutshell right there. Okay. Now, um, now, now totally school me on what I, what I, what I got wrong. It's, uh, so here's the tough part about Taekwondo. Uh, essentially it was developed in 1955, uh, and, that when I first started training, that's what I was told. That it was just 1955. General Choi created it. Mm-hmm. End of story. And so I, I didn't even ask a whole lot of questions about it. And that's uh, one of my my next uh, newsletter blog posts. It's it's about the how uh, some people believe Taekwondo is an ancient martial art, which is not. Now to put it, in perspective, Ishinru, which is considered a relatively young Okinawan mm-hmm. style. Uh, it was officially named in 1954. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and it's considered a new style, relatively. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's uh, that's kind of what I tackled with the, the newsletter and, you know, what the, some of the research I've been doing lately, uh, which is why I wanted to ask that. Because I've heard so many different things about it, but the, the issue is it came about right after World War II. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of – it is heavily steeped – in politics, and because of that, there's a lot of lies. <laughs> oh, of course, of course. <laughs> but the best I can decipher, uh, and this is a fairly unbiased source that I, I was getting a lot of this stuff, and, and it can, from people I've talked to that are higher ups, they they pretty much say the same thing. Uh, General Troy was a Shotokan black belt because he trained in Japan with uh, Funakoshi uh, or. Yeah, Gitchen. Gitchen Funakoshi, yeah. 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 Um, 
And so got supposedly a second degree, although even that they're not really sure because how fast he got it, they were like, eh, that seems too fast for, because he didn't give out too many black belts, right. uh, let alone second degrees. But nonetheless, it was clear he knew what he was doing with uh, karate in particular, uh, as well as some other arts. But uh, he had trained his soldiers because this was the start of the South Korean army. They were just given new life because Japan had finally let them go. Right, we're, we're headed towards the Korean yeah. Korean conflict. Yeah. Yep. And so, and then of course the split of North and South Korea, so that South Korea is really trying to get its country back, essentially. Right. And so he, he was training them in that, and teaching the martial arts, and getting them ready for combat. And he had done a demonstration for the president at the time of South Korea, and he loved it. He's like, oh my god, what is this? And he stopped because he's like, "Oh, I can't say <laughs> this is from Japan," because they hated Japan, right? And so he's like, uh, "It's Taekyung, and which is an ancient martial art, but it's not really a martial art; it's more of a foot game of kicking and sweeping, and throwing with your legs, which is kind ancient. of a, kind of judo ish, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. okay. and that that is Korean, mm-hmm. and it is kind of a martial art, uh, but it hadn't been trained in like." a thousand years or something like that. So he had said that with confidence that the guy wouldn't know what he was talking about. Go, oh, great, this new Korean martial art. And But then he's like, man, I can't go with that. <laughs> so he got a lot of the other martial arts from South Korea, those instructors together on a committee and said, hey, we need to name our new art and make it very Korean to separate ourselves from all the, the Japanese arts that are basically that where the high teaching. kicks came in from? And that's where he brought in the high kicks. Uh, kicks in general, footwork, came from Taekyeon, and then he added a lot more, and then he added sine wave to that, and then created his own forms, but again, heavily based on Shotokan Karate. If you look at some of those forms, they're almost oh, identical. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, the, 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 um, at least when I was taking Taekwondo, once mm. again, this is where we came probably most like I took from Jung's, and he was horrible here in town. Absolutely. <laughs> Sorry but, if you're listening, Jung. <laughs> uh, he's long dead. He, oh, okay. he, his son may be listening, but 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 uh, young Ak Jung um, was was apparently an eighth don or ninth don, and he was really good at taking money. Um, but it was uh, he. Uh, but our first um, we learned uh, what what in the Shotokan style is Takeyoko Shonisan. And then we learned the 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 Heian slash Pinon katas. You know, mm-hmm. I just did a move that Dan's very familiar <laughs> with, undoubtedly. And they're all. The, I mean, and so when I learned them years later as uh, as as Okinawan katas, I was like, ah, oh, I, I know this. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't until I think I learned choreo uh, that mm-hmm. I actually learned something I don't think I think was was purely Korean. Yeah, and that one didn't come from General Choi. And that's where things get really hazy because General Choi, his version of it mm-hmm. wasn't really accepted early on. It wasn't until like the 60s, early 70s that they started to accept the name Taekwondo. It, it was coined in 1955. They Most of them stayed with saying Tang Sudo or Korean Karate, eh, among other things. But uh, because... Choi was kind of a stubborn bastard, <laughs> and the, a new, that old president kind of got ousted, ran out, and then like a dictatorship came in, mm-hmm. and he didn't like that. He was very anti-communist, very anti-dictatorship, and uh, which kind of changed a little bit towards the end, because he started working with North Korea, which again made South Korea go, <laughs> this isn't good. Uh, but he essentially moved to Canada and kind of stayed there, uh, and moved his association there, and that's where the ITF came from and whatnot, but... 
because of that, South Korea kind of wiped his history clean and started over with the sport taekwondo. So his was self-defense based. And it, even though there's plenty of flashy kicks in there, uh, it was heavy with handwork and very karate based type right. stuff. Because that was his, yeah, his that's what his he knew. Past, yeah. mm-hmm. And, uh, very power j- driven with the sine wave and, uh, you know, hip snap. And, uh, there, there's a lot footwork grounded. And then once they brought in the sport, because they wanted to promote it and, of course, try and get it to Olympics and, uh, get it all over the world, that's when they, like, stopped punching to the head. They took away all the grappling techniques and yeah. only did kicking. For well, the most uh, part. Uh, that's similar to, you know, when, uh, Gunna, uh, uh Gichin Funakoshi, Wanted to teach it, uh, teach um, martial arts in Japan, mm. and and they wanted to put it in the middle school system, mm. and so they had to take out the deadly stuff. You know, all of a sudden, a lot of the moves that would kill you, mm. where you couldn't teach that to you know a twelve year old. Yeah, you know, not a good idea. <laughs> and uh, and and so a lot of those strikes got taken out for mm. for more. Um, I mean, for instance, you know, I, I've never been a big proponent of of I don't believe in blocks. Uh, I believe in holding up an A-frame and, and a guard, and you can intercept a hand. But the typical blocks that we teach, I mean, if I sit here and try to do a full circular side block before you mm-hmm. punch me, I mean, I'm never, ever going yeah. to block that. Mm-hmm. But we teach it for muscle memory and other things, and we tell them when they're young, you're blocking a punch. And maybe you can with a, a nine-year-old's throwing a slow-motion mm-hmm. punch at you. But when they get into the adult class and they start training as an adult, it's a whole different, you know, approach. And then we say, okay, well, you now know how to do this move. Now let me show you how to use it. Mm-hmm. And, and it's very different. Yeah. And, and that that's another thing that kind of fits with what we're talking about, blocking. It's the same way. When I was taught, you know, you cross your arms and then you throw out your arm. It's two movements yeah. to counter a single movement that initiated and you're like, and a movement, and a movement, and a, exactly. The, the other movement initiated, started first, and and you know, uh, I, when I worked trained with Rick Moneymaker, who, who I, Rick's Mr. Moneymaker is a good guy, and uh, but he 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 told sometimes you know you and you know we've both done this. I understood something, but I like the way someone else explained it mm-hmm. better. And he he explained you know the the fastest that you can react to something I've initiated is. Uh, if you're really, really fast, is uh, uh, 250 milliseconds, a quarter of a second. And so and that's to start your, to recognize mm-hmm. and start your technique. So, but if I can punch you in less than a, a quarter of a second, and mm-hmm. you both, both of you and I easily can, then I can hit you before you can even initiate a response. Mm-hmm. And so teaching someone to cross the body, <laughs> to, to, to do a, a middle block or a high block mm-hmm. is, is something that, Anybody who's been hit a lot yeah. realizes this doesn't work. No, it, that's because uh, that's when I first started training. And I, I still have to teach it that way because you have oh, to so train the do. motion. Absolutely. And so I always thought, okay, you load here, you throw the block out over there, and then of course you start sparring, especially like tournaments. You're like, well, that's not working. <laughs> this isn't working at all. <laughs> when I tried that middle block, I got jacked in the head six times. Yeah. And so over the years, you start like rethinking it and going, wait a minute, that's not the block. That's a strike. Mm-hmm. And it's the hand crossing your face when you load is actually the block. And then you strike into their arm. So you're actually trying to do damage to their arm or their leg or their head, whatever's closest. And I'm like, oh, that makes so much more sense. Well, like the first move, we first form we teach in Ishinari was called Seisan. Mm-hmm. And it starts with a, a middle block, 
three punches and what looks like a double head block and you turn into uh, two hands open down by your side. Mm-hmm. And what I was taught, when I, something I always tell my people, this is what I was taught in 1989 <laughs> or 88, depending on when I... when. Um, is someone attacks you because in karate, no attack first. You know, you're always getting... <laughs> not me, man. As soon as I decide you're... you're, you're, you're if you say, I'm, I'm going to kick your ass, you're not going to get a chance. I'm going to kick your ass first. But, you know, he said, karate, no, no attack first. So someone attacks you and you do a middle block and then you punch and they do a middle block and then you punch again and they do a middle block and then you punch a third time and they do a middle block and then they do some kind of funky two-handed over thing. It kind of looks like they're trying to hug you. At which point I would stop and say, yeah, let's hug this out, buddy. And then you do a double head block and you turn and hit them in the groin and that ends the, the, the move. And I'm like, no, 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 here's what's happening. You've decided a fight's going to happen. You use this move, you're taking these two knuckles and you're hitting them carotid. Then you're pounding them in the, in, in, in the, in the sternum three times in a row and then elbowing him in the face and then you turn around and you're either throwing him down or you're hitting him the groin you could do that but uh, that's the last move and you know and and then I'll have some of my kids say well what happens if if, if if you've done all that and, and, and they're still not done I'd say then you if you've punched some guy in the neck and hit him three times in the sternum and elbowed him across the face <laughs> and he's still standing there you apologize. You say, I- I'm sorry. I- obviously, I'm fighting the Terminator or my technique sucker or whatever. You know, I'm sorry. My bus, man. You win. <laughs> but, you know, but, but compared to what I was taught to what I know now, uh, and that's just a very, that's a very basic uh, one. There are, there are moves uh, all the time. We're talking, we talked about your brother not liking that one mm-hmm. move. Yeah. There are moves that, you know, as a six-degree black belt now, 30-something years in, I have found moments where I was like, that's what this move is. Mm. Now, that that thing in the force, first move, Saison, I figured that out a couple of decades ago, that, mm. that what I had been taught was stupid. But some of the stuff now, I was taught something stupid, and I'm just figuring out what's real now. Mm-hmm. Now, what a lot of times what I've done is, I, if I was taught something stupid, and I know it doesn't work, but I've yet to figure out what it is, I'll tell my students, let me show you what it isn't. Yeah, This is what I was shown, and I know it's not that. Yeah, I'm not sure where it's going yet, but it's not this. <laughs> well, it's. Uh, it, I was talking to my brother about this uh, a while back because we, we kind of joked about some of the, the moves in our forms. Just they're ridiculous looking when you don't apply it and you don't see the other person. You're like, what the hell is this? And <laughs> I've seen some of the moves. <laughs> we have some too, but I think I think a couple of yours. Uh, your, yeah. yours, yours take take the cake over 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 ours. And uh, so. We joke sometimes when we tell, especially to kids or depending on what it is, like the one I'm about to tell you, I'll tell it to, to adults, not kids. Uh, it's it's just an upset spear hand. You, you go under the leg and you spear him in the nuts. Basically, that's what it comes down to. <laughs> and But then you pull back into a back fist and a low block. So we, to describe it, so it sticks in your head what to do, I make it ridiculous. And I say, okay, you're going to block the leg out of the way. You're going to spear him in the groin, grab hold, twist, rip it off, and throw it at the guy behind you. <laughs> that guy behind you is going, oh, crap. <laughs> and I'm like, kill two birds at one stone. That guy's not going to fight you. That guy's done. Look, and if, if, it's if, dumb, if, if, but... If you, if you and I were about this far and I saw you rip some dude's groin off and you threw it at me, I'm done. I don't want to fight you. So it, it sticks in people's heads. That's the thing. It, it, it's completely wrong. Absolutely. You're not going to do that, but... People remember that, and they do it correctly because of that. So, is it right? Is it wrong? Like, I'll tell them, hey, this isn't how it works, but I'm going to tell you how 
ridiculous this could be, if you just keep that image in your head, you're not going to forget it. Well, you know, in, not so much in Ishinori, but of course I'm, I'm a black belt in uh, Motobo Hashita, under Mr. Raisenhelder before mm-hmm. he passed away. And unlike Ishinori, the guy that headed up Shitaru, uh, uh, Kinwa Mabuni, was a, a, a kata collector. He had hundreds and hundreds of forms. And so the the curriculum is massive. And you, you and but the cool thing is you get the kind of like if you got a guy that's like three hundred fifty pounds, you don't give him like a high flying kata. Mm-hmm. You give him a lot of grounded katas. And you, yeah. So it, it allows you a little bit more um, to tweak it a little bit. Mm. But some of the forms I learned had those ludicrous moves, and I don't know if they were lost in translation or or what. But sometimes, uh, you know, me and the guy that would train with me uh, from my dojo that trained with me. When Mr. Mazenhelder would get to a move that was really stupid looking, we'd give the look. And sometimes, after a while, uh, John got funny. John would be like, don't you give each other the look. I'm going to show you what this move is. But we'd always give the moves stupid um, stupid names. Like, like there's this one move where you shot, you, you basically open-handed really high up in the air, and then you immediately crouch down to one knee and punch down. And we always referred to it as slap the giant, punch the baby. <laughs> And or there's this one move that that you did this. We called it, or basically, it looks like my arms doing a brontosaurus. Except I always called it. I was like, no, this is we're going to do the duck again. We're doing the duck in the water. So no, no, no. Mason or something. No, no, no. Let's not call that the duck in the water. Let's not call that the duck. Let's call it the dinosaur. He'd be trying to (laughs) try to try to to work with us. Like he's like, "Uh." and and then after a while, we knew we had we had we had gotten victory when he started referring to the moves. He's like, "This is right after you punched the baby." I was like, "Okay, okay, I know where we're at." And uh, and there's this one one kata I always refuse to do. And and, and 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 I'd say, Sensei, I'll follow you, but I've already decided I'm never going to commit this one to memory because it was called Matsukazi. And the first form, the first move the form, you literally lean over like you're falling over, like you're passing out, <laughs> and then you catch yourself at the last second and do a move. And the first time I saw Sensei Mazenhelder do it, I thought he was I thought he was going unconscious, <laughs> and I went and <laughs> to grab him. And he's like, no, no, that's just how the form starts. And I'm like, why? Why, why would the form start like that? So, ugh. There's so much stupid stuff in what we do. It is. It's ridiculous. Especially when you've got, like, all the color belt forms, something like that, the the Q grades, and you're like, okay, never do this because this makes no sense. Always do it this way. And then you get to, like, second degree and go, okay, remember what I told you about never doing this? Okay, this one time, you're going to do it this way. You're going to do it that way. Sorry. (laughs) Like, it's completely different, and there's no reason for it, uh, except for in this one situation. Like, it's always that way. The funny thing is, um, and you look at the forms I learned from Mazenhelder, well, Mabuni learned a lot of stuff from Kafunakoshi, too, and, and, and Motobo Hashitaro and Shotokan are very interlinked, and a lot of the forms are the same. Mm-hmm. And so so that's, and so those forms are also the same ones uh, Troy would have learned, and mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it's, it's all interconnected. It is. And, and I think that's a big part of why people get confused with some of this stuff. And, you know, when I had heard the same uh, Taekwondo uh, place I've talked about before, it's an ancient martial art, Taekwondo is, in the... Ancient from the 1950s. <laughs> it, Happy days. It's uh, like you can look at the technique and go, yeah, that's an ancient technique because clearly that came from karate, which probably came from China, which probably came from Africa. Yeah, okay. The the movements and some of the the applications definitely are could be considered ancient. That's fine, but 
when do you consider uh, in martial art ancient? Is it the techniques in there when they were developed or when the name was presented, when the organization was presented? And so that that's where it gets a little weird uh, just because there is some ancient elements to, to most every martial art. But if that's the case, I can make something right now and name it and say it's an ancient martial art because I use ancient techniques. <laughs> well, that's what, you know, it was funny because some years ago I was training with Michael Calandra in New York. I'd gone up there. He's one of uh, uh, a senior guy in this room. He's a really cool guy. It's now in Arizona. And uh, Mr. Calandra uh, said, when did martial arts start? And I always liked this story. Mm-hmm. He, I, I, he said, and the, 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 pro, the answer is like, oh, it was, it was Okinawa. It was like, well, it was China before that. He's like, no. He's like, here's how martial arts started. He's like, you have a caveman. He's like, uh, and he's been uh, he's been hunting this deer for week, for like two weeks. And he finally kills it, and this other caveman comes up and says, "Hey, how about you sharing that with me?" And, and the caveman goes, "I know, man. I've been. I'm just gonna feed my family. I'm. I've been tracking tracking this down for weeks." And and he said, "No, you go away. Get beaten." And he turns around, he's skinning his deer. The other guy picks up a giant rock and basically bashes the guy in the head with it. Well, meanwhile, that the guy that got his head bashed in, his friends walking up right at that point, he sees this happen and is like. Oh, crap. So he goes back to his village and hands one of his friends a rock and says, Here, you try to hit me with this. I want to see what I can do. <laughs> so, so, and so that, it goes all the way. But there's always been some form of, of, of hand-to-hand oh, combat. Yeah. And, and it's all over the world. Whether you know the, Every country has their own you know, twist on, mm-hmm. on hand-to-hand fighting. It's just you know what works and what works best. Yeah. And... Uh, and you know the truth of it is, MMA has shown us that in order to be a good fighter, you have to be good at st- at striking mm-hmm. and get fighting on the ground. Yeah. You have to be good at both. Mm-hmm. Uh, back when MMA when uh, uh, MMA first started, and the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu people had bogged down the rules so bad <laughs> that it was, you basically you couldn't most of the striking stuff didn't work. Yeah. Um, it looked like uh, uh, grappling was the way to go, but then mm-hmm. you realize once you see really good strikers hit mm-hmm. those grapplers with good techniques before they get there, yeah, you got to be able to be you got to be good at both. Oh yeah, it, you do. It's uh, that that was what drew me into Hapkido because I, I remember it was right around maybe a year or two after I started, and I was told I couldn't do Hapkido, so I got into Taekwondo. Uh, but my oldest brother was allowed in, so we were, he was teaching me at home the Hapkido stuff and the joint locks and sweeps and throws and whatnot. But, uh, I remember watching those first three UFC. Like, uh, a friend of ours at like a uh, New Year's Eve party, uh, he had like those descramblers on his hat, on his yeah, thing. So we're, we're watching, stuff, yeah, man. watching old pay per view for free and the first three, they're getting like leading up to the fourth one or maybe it's the first two. And it was the crazy third. to think that back then, man, you had to win three fights yeah. in a night. And, and, and what was always funny is like the best fighter almost never won those because mm-hmm. what would happen is like, let's say you were the best fighter, but you had to fight the second best fighter yeah. in the semifinals. Well, that guy beat the crap out of you. You won, mm-hmm. but then the other guy, gets a, a, a tap out in like 25 seconds and he's fresh coming into your fight you've yeah. just had the snot beat out of you in the semifinals well, that's uh you know the whole thing got set up because they wanted to make brazilian jiu-jitsu kind of showcased yes so they put gracie in one area and then like shamrock or something like that someone that they knew was good 
because he was doing uh, Pancras and he was already a known fighter, so like they separated them, so some of the best fighters would end up at the end. Right. Uh, and then some of the, the the rules behind it and who they set him up with. This guy who doesn't know any takedown and grappling is going to go against the grappler. It, it was inter- it's still fun because I, I remember watching Gracie do it and like finally somebody like you didn't see that you you, you saw kicks and strikes from karate and taekwondo and some kung fu stuff but you didn't see a whole lot of grappling on tv uh, uh especially not in sport fighting and, and some of those like that like remember that uh like the 400 hundred pound yeah. black dude <laughs> was against that little tiny white guy and, and the little white guy won i mean the, before they had even had weight classes mm-hmm. i mean it was it was in the guys broke their hands on people's heads all the yeah. time i mean it was, it was it was it was brutal but it was definitely designed to make the mm-hmm. bjj guys look better oh yeah <laughs> and uh and it was brilliant because for the longest time and everybody thought oh if you really want to be a good fighter you've got to learn brazilian jiu-jitsu and well, you and i know that's not true mm-hmm. I mean, and and i've always kind of laughed at the 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 hoops you have to jump through to get a brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt i mean uh-huh. they make you stay for a decade or longer, mm-hmm. and don't get me wrong, the guys by the time they make black belt, they're gonna they're gonna be proficient. Oh, yeah. But I mean, how, how do you really propagate a, a system? I mean, like Matt Brown. Okay, Matt mm-hmm. was Matt's awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was teaching at our seminars as a brown belt, mm-hmm. you know, and it was one of the most knowledgeable guys in the room. Yeah, and he finally did make black belt, but uh, but it, it's uh, some sometimes you just got to go if this system's gonna survive. We've got to make it a little bit more accessible, and I think the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu guys have not done that well, real well at all. And, and that's where I've struggled. Uh, you know, Taekwondo especially is known for promoting quickly to to black belt. Uh, when I went through Infamously. it, oh yeah, and, and again that goes back to it being although very, you don't, I know you don't. Yeah, and that's where I struggle because a lot of my students, depending on you know their skill level and whatnot. Uh, at best, I don't think I've ever promoted anybody in recent years, uh, and I'm talking like 10 years, it, below four years. It's usually four to six years in Taekwondo and like six to eight in Hapkido. Right. And it, it, it can definitely be done sooner than that. I'm, I'm very strict with it, but I also I don't always get the the quarterbacks of the world. I right. get the the water boys of the world. Although the water, <laughs> boy, the water boys of the world, they work, learn it work, better. They learn it. Better, I like them better, and they stay. Yeah, that and that's why I cater to those people. They they oh, yeah. appreciate it so much more, and they don't care if they take eight years to get to the black belt. Yeah, as long as they feel like they're making progress. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing here. I mean, I've had it, theoretically, if you look at all my absolute belt minimums, if someone came in and made the minimum every single time, they can make black belt in three years. Mm-hmm. It almost never happens. Yeah. First of all, people that have that level of, of of physicality get fed up at green, purple, and brown belt when I make them wait six to eight months to test for a new belt. Mm-hmm. They get fed up. But it's the ones, it's the water boys that come in, mm-hmm. and, and they've never had success in a, in, a, in a sport before. And all of a sudden, they're a you know, brown belt and teaching everybody, and they've been around for a couple of years, and they're realizing, hey, you know, I'm good at this. You know, mm-hmm. I need to stay, and and then they become lifelongers. You yeah. Know? Now, like my senior student, he was he was he was a good athlete, but a lot of my other senior black belts, not not great athletes, mm-hmm. just just hard workers yeah. who get it now. And that, and that's all it really takes. Yeah. It's that that that's what I love about most martial arts. Some of the the ones I've trained are very difficult, like skill level. Like you got to do a jump spinning hook kick to to get to the green belts. I'm like, I can, but. 
the average person can't do that. That's kind of ridiculous. I remember the time you were teaching me that one form, and we found out real quickly <laughs> that I can I can do most spinning techniques with my left leg very well, and, and I, I can almost look I, I'm gonna look like a taekwondo guy. But as soon as I have to use my right leg to do those same kicks, I look like I fell off the the the, 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 the physical physical handicap train and, uh, and hit every bump on the way down. I look like I have no coordination whatsoever. Well, now correct me if I'm wrong. When you guys are doing forms. I think you remember you had said something like you do your right hand twice and like your left hand once. The oldest like forms, the oldest forms, uh, the oldest Okinawan and Japanese forms dealt with the concept of uh, it was unlucky to be left-handed. Mm-hmm. So, like the first form, the seisan that I told you about, every technique is done twice with your right hand and once with your left hand to to encourage you to be ambidextrous <laughs> but also be right-handed. <laughs> so you know it, it it's it is like that and Tatsuo. Even made it worse in some katas later on, especially the weapons katas, where he took out some left-handed techniques in total. Um, and you don't do the, the technique left-handed in the whole form. And yeah. you're like, and then then when you see the older version of the form before Tatsuo got a hold of it, and you're like, oh, I'm having to do that move on my left hand now. This is weird. So it, it's in there, but it's you have to go back before Tatsuo got his hands on it. And it's interesting. It's for that very reason, like. You know, with Taekwondo being made in 1955, they're past that, so everything's right. equal. If you do it on the left, you do it on the right. Uh, it's very rare that you do anything with only one leg or one-sided, and it's usually like an aerial kick, like a jump side kick or a jump split kick, and you just do one. But even with those, you can kind of choose which leg you want to go with because it doesn't affect the form. Now, you know, I was sitting there thinking, I was about to ask you, what's the stupidest thing you've ever been told by someone in authority on a move? And I've got a couple that my students know, there's a move at the end of our fourth kata, Wansu, where our hands, my your right hand is ahead and your left hand, the hand's kind of crossed in this move. And I'm not joking, this is just an example of the kind of garbage I was taught at, 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 in my teenage years, that they said your hands are crossed because you're doing this technique on a punch coming in and you're hitting them and you're hitting mm. so hard you're breaking his forearm. <laughs> now, and, and then, of course, when you can't do it and, and it makes no sense, they just say, you need to train harder. You're, that's why you're not good at it. And right now, I can say with, with, with all um, – with, and I'm a big dude. I'm, I'm a strong person. i 99.9% sure I could not break a nine-year-old's forearm with that move. Um, maybe a toddler, maybe something small. But even then, I'd be probably breaking the elbow, which that could work. But you know, and, but that's what we were told, and we we're like, "Oh, you're breaking the forearm." Mm-hmm. Or this move in San Chin, where your hands come back and you're, you're doing tension breathing, and then you turn the hands over in this way and you pull. Well, it's really mostly a breathing technique, and it could be some other stuff. But I'm not joking. I was told in my teenage years, you're grabbing someone's skin in their abdomen and pulling it apart. Well, first of all, what in the hell are they doing with their hands at that moment? Are they going ah 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 and, and flailing their hands around? If someone started to pull my app, like, I don't know, maybe grab the belly button you're pulling yeah. out, I would be going gorilla on those people. Stop ripping my belly button apart. But it, it, it's what we were told. And, and I just, it was so funny because then I start teaching you years later. And, and one of my, my, my first students was my older brother. And Byron would go, you can't do that. I was like, yeah, you can't. It's just, you. no, seriously, try that on me right now. I'd be like, you don't want me to try that. No, seriously, try it on me. I'd be like, 
damn, you're right. That doesn't work at all. It's like, why did I think that would work? Because you were told. And so Byron made me rethink a lot of stuff because he was coming at it from an adult's mentality. Yeah. And I'd be like, oh, wow, that doesn't work at all. And I, it's a good thing I didn't start. I started my first uh, teaching was I was teaching adults. If I had taught kids, I probably would have propagated the same garbage I was told you know, 10, 15 years before onto them. And I probably would have still be teaching it. But mm-hmm. uh, You know, uh, I'm trying to think physically stuff that I was told that was ridiculous, but you know, both my instructor and his instructor, who I those were the two I really got most of the information from. Uh, they were both law enforcement and very no nonsense, and so they knew what worked. Yeah, and they didn't deal a whole lot with the, the extra crap. And if they did, it's like, oh, good enough. Let's move on to the other stuff. But. I do remember, and I don't remember who told me this, and it very well could have been one of like the assistant instructors I just didn't know or heard it from somebody, but uh, uniforms. For us, Taekwondo, we wore white, Hapkido, we wore black. And the question, of course, is why? And somebody had explained incorrectly, everyone wore white traditionally. Which, for the most part, sure, it's just no color whatsoever, so natural, neutral colors. But easier um, to make, yeah. No especially dyes, back in, you know, especially yeah. you know, back in the nineteen twenties. Exactly, know? and they're like, but since you know, taekwondo is mostly kicking and striking, it stayed fairly clean. But with hapkido, you're always on the ground in the dirt and rolling around. Your uniform gets darker. I'm like, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Which it doesn't, but <laughs> wait, 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 till you, wait till you hear what I've got about Okinawan belt system. Okay, okay. Okay, I'll let you finish, and then that reminds me of the the, the, the <laughs> Believe it or not, that's not nearly as stupid really? as what I'm going to say in a second. So. But my my thought later on, as I got older, was: Is your uniform like all moldy? Like, why are you wearing your moldy? Do they never get new uniforms? They don't wash them. Like, they didn't have Clorox bleach or something like that but it was just it you start thinking about it too much and go wait that can't be real <laughs> okay so here's what here's what we were we were trained to believe in okinawan karate and in, in, in japanese okinawan karate first of all you're never allowed to wash your belt at least um, mm. some schools now i tell my people if your belt looks grimy wash your belt for love of god <laughs> but the, when i was younger i was like oh i just believe that when you wash your belt you wash out all your knowledge of the belt I'm like, okay actually just washing out the grime and the nastiness but 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 what we were told you start with a white belt because it is it is your belt is, is pure and it's clean. But as you train, and I'll say the belts do get darker mm-hmm. in ours. It goes white to yellow to orange to blue, green, purple, brown, black. So that signifies the longer you train, since you don't wash your belt, your belt is getting dirtier. And by the time you've been around for you know, a couple of years, your your belt is like almost brownish colored because it's dark. <laughs> I guess you've been you know, flossing your butt cheeks with it. I don't know. And he's like, by the time you get black. It's like you, you, uh, your belt is. You've been trained there so long. Your belt is completely black, and 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 while and, and I thought that that was the pinnacle of stupidity <laughs> until I was at a seminar with 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 some years later with a person who I actually kind of like as a human being, but find them to be absolutely, <laughs> you know, completely incapable for their rank. He goes. And, and and so he's telling this story now. I have I, now at this point, this guy is older, as my age, maybe a year older than I am, and we're both like 
fourth or fifth degree black belt at the time. This was like ten years ago, and uh, and he's explaining that uh, this this story to a bunch of my students who I've already told, and and we're all sitting at a big thing, and mostly my students are sitting there, and he's telling this story with my students all looking up, going, "No, this is total bullcrap. We know this is garbage. This has no factual." <laughs> and and he he's telling the story. He's like, and then when you get black belt, he's like. And your bl- and your belt is because in, in, in Okinawan karate, the highest rank is a full red belt. Mm-hmm. Okay, and he says, so, so your belt turns red over the over the years on the blood that you have shed in fights and blah 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 blah. He goes this whole thing, and I'm like going, well, you think that would happen at white belt when you're getting your butt kicked? He's like, when your belt turned red back then, he's like, you're not getting beat up until after you're a black belt. Come on, dude, let's think this one out real quick. It's like, so so now your belts. Um, you got in black belt, and now everybody's beating you up, and you're bleeding on your belt. And <laughs> these, I don't think these people actually think. It, I, I, it makes me wonder if people say this stuff to get, just give you an idea to explain something, and they know it's crap, but they just say it. Like you know, my example of ripping testicles and throwing to help you remember and go, oh, okay. That I need to do this to this because of that story. But then, <laughs> Actually, I think the move should be this: you rip it off, you go. Ah! <laughs> like, I've got this guy's nuts in my yuck. Fold up your shoulder. Yuck, nasty, nasty. I mean, where's the hand sanitizer? I just ripped this dude's balls off. That is the next move. Go like this. <laughs> <laughs> You're pumping the hand sanitizer. In, in. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm gonna make a new form now. <laughs> I'm getting out the wet wipes. <laughs> Wiping my hands down. It, it's it's great though that some of that stuff. It, it's just, like you know, you know, I work with sword, so so much BS in when it comes to sword. Uh, but it's still the great stories, and even at the time they've lied about purposely lied about things like samurais, the, the what they wore, the the mask of demons that they wore. It was to be perceived as not human. Right. And you're not going to mess some, with something that's not human. How do you kill a demon? And therefore, they, they won a lot of battles without having to draw their sword. That was kind of like the idea. Right. And uh, so you, you hear some of that type of stuff in martial arts, like they did this because of this. And you're like, I don't think that's true. But it, it gets you remembering things. And I it that makes me wonder if that had more purpose behind it of, just getting you to remember techniques. Well, you talk, you talk about samurai. And you, you did, you've done more sword than I have, and I've done a good amount of sword. And uh, and one time I was training with a guy that knew a lot more than I did. He was uh, he was master level uh, Iedo guy, mm-hmm. just really good. And uh, you know, we had been taught with swords as like you know how how to get your how to get dings out of your swords and how to oil your sword mm-hmm. correctly. And there was this ritualistic way of <laughs> oiling your sword. I know where you're going. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and so he's doing all that, and I, I'm waiting to see. And he's done a lot of cutting that day. And I'm waiting to see what how he treats his sword afterwards. Dude busts out a can of Pam. <laughs> a, can, a, a can, a can, and just sprays the sword down on one side, sprays the sword down on the other side, wipes it down with a cloth, and puts it away. Yep. And, and he and he looks at me and goes, "Oh, I guess you were expecting me to 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 go through the ritualistic. Like, let me tell you something, son. He's like, if the samurai had, had Pam, yep. they'd have used Pam." And so you know what I have in my house at all time now? A can of Pam. <laughs> Although I will say this, right right now, the only can the only, I didn't realize the only Pam I had when I sprayed down my sword last 
was was a can of a, a Pam but, a butter flavor. So my sword <laughs> smells like popcorn right now. Uh, but 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 you know it makes sense. I tell you now, it's a hell of a lot easier. Mm. I love Pam, man. I get Pam. I spray it down one side, spray it down the other. I take a paper towel and I wipe it off mm. and I put it back away, and it's protected and I don't yeah. get rust spots. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was one of the brilliant things. Like, I hear you, dude. I like that. I like that concept. And, and that's the thing. I, even though martial arts have been around forever, it, people think, well, that's not the right way to do it. You can't change this. You can't change that. Like, in the forums, why not? Traditionary forms is so ludicrous. People, the traditional. When do you say us? When do you say I? And mm-hmm. I say, you know what I say? I say yes mm-hmm. because I'm an American. And I, and, you know, I, I doubt that 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 in in Japan when they teach baseball, which is an American invention, that they use American terminology mm-hmm. for all their stuff. And, you know, and like I, like I don't count. Do you count in Korean? I don't. I know it, but I don't. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but you probably kids sometimes. But, but probably when you were little, you were probably mm-hmm. you're probably instructor seminars and what. Yeah. yeah. Well, mm-hmm. so so yeah, I can count to infinity in, in Japanese, but I don't mm-hmm. because. Why? <laughs> I mean, and I know all the terminology, I, I, just like you. I can I can speak way more dojo Japanese than most of my students have any clue, but only because that's what I was taught. I, I came to the conclusion later on: this doesn't make my karate better. Yeah. And why am I going to waste time and effort in doing this? And they're like, "Well, it's a tradition." Mm, I'm trying to teach people to defend themselves. Mm-hmm. I'm teaching someone in my language. I don't expect. Uh, someone to, to use if, if they if they lose learn a technique for me they go and they're like and I, and I call it the you know the, 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 the testicle masher I don't expect this guy in Portuguese to go oh, oh, oh testicle masher <laughs> like uh, like right in the middle of like all of his you know his language uh, what does that mean oh it means mashing yeah. the testicles and, and that's the same thing depending on the seminar and who was teaching either it was all yelled out in Korean. Uh, or none of it was. And my instructor is very much the, I don't care. Like, he actually renamed the association, the American Martial Arts Federation, and he's like, we're in America. Yeah. We're learning the Korean arts, but why are we doing all this? Like, we know some of the basic commands. I still use them. Just because they're, they're ingrained. They're, they're fairly easy. Sure. Can you, you know, like the word, like the word, like the word dachi for mm-hmm. us. It means stance. And I, and I mm-hmm. use dachi a lot, and I use, you could wear kata instead of forms. I say kata a lot. Yeah. So, but most of it, no. I, mm. I, I've gotten rid of that. I, I had somebody, they made a good point. I just don't know if it's true. Because uh, he had asked me, like, why don't I do more Korean stuff? Uh, you know, counting in Korean more often. I'm like, I don't know. They, I know American a lot better than <laughs> English than I, I do Korean. Like, I feel like an idiot if I say it wrong and for all these years, which I'm sure I'm saying 90% of it incorrectly. I know. And that's the whole thing. Even the kata names so, are so often butchered. Mm-hmm. And, it, it, and, and these guys will get on these forums and they'll argue uh, tradition. And they'll go, you know, you should do this and this. And then they'll say, it's all about tradition. Dude, okay, I, I've got I've to read this to you. Okay, off my phone. <laughs> this guy on the Ishinru forums right recently uh, posted his black belt um, requirements. Okay, now he's traditional. I just made the finger quotey <laughs> signs for those you can't see. Okay, this is what he lists from the year. You get a year from Brown Belt the Black Belt. This is what you have to accomplish. Now, I don't even know how you would even document most of this stuff. Okay, number one, no quitting. 
Okay, I like that mm. one. That's good. No quitting. That makes sense. You're not going to get a black belt if you quit. <laughs> Number two, 50,000 push-ups and crunches. That's 137 a day. You and I could do this, okay? Although, if you forgot a day, you're like, oh, shit, I got to do 270 tomorrow. I'm going to be in a hurt. But if you forget for three or four days, well, what if you get sick? You're like, miss a week. You're like, oh, my God, I've got to make up like 1,000 push-ups. 50,000 push-ups and crunches. 1,000 repetitions of a single kata. you got to pick a kata and do it 1,000 times. Like, I guess we got to document it sometimes. 1,000 rounds of sparring. How in the hell do you do that in a year? Okay, assuming <laughs> that each round is two minutes, that means you have to average, I, I did the math on this, 11.2 minutes of sparring every day for the whole year. And Regardless if you're in class or not. I guess if you're in class, you only do class twice a week, you got to do like 30 minutes of fighting. Um, a thousand mile journey. I, I asked the guy what he meant by that, and he was kind of vague. I, drive I like, around the house three times. <laughs> just, just drive up to the mountains and back, and I'm good, I'm golden. Uh, 1,000 acts of kindness. Now, that sounds like a lot, but realistically, that's only, like, like not even three acts of kindness a day. I think even Hitler managed that, all things included. I mean, uh, 15 minutes of daily meditation. Okay, okay, whatever. Six books completed. Well, if you don't read six books in a year, you're probably... One personal goal. I like that. You know what my personal goal? Finish this list. <laughs> there you go. Ching, check that one off. Um, weekly journal entries, 12 video blogs, empathy training, whatever that means. Mm. Uh, seek out a master. It doesn't say what for. I and mean, it doesn't say what kind of master. I'm going to, like, seek out a, a, a master of, like, making balloon animals. I go to, like, clown school. And I was like, well, I found him. Uh, <laughs> a community service project essay on what a black belt means to me. These are all the things this guy listed on his list of, of things that he expected for a black belt. Now, the funny thing is, you know what Tatsuo Shimabuku, how he promoted you to black belt in his dojo? Hmm. He'd watch you during class. You'd go, hey, Dan. Yeah, yes, Sensei? You go catch a black belt. That means go down to the store, buy yourself a black belt, and wear it to class next time. You're a black belt now. And these guys, these Americans, took these basic concepts of of of, of, of a Tatsu. You go catch a black belt. You go catch a green belt. You Tatsu did white, green, brown, black. That was it. And that was more than some people did. And he said, "You go catch a green belt. You go catch a brown belt." And that means go buy one, come back. And but these people will come back and go. Well, I know I was allowed to go catch you a black belt, but if you want a black belt for me, you're now going to have to do all your forms. You're going to fight for four hours. You're going to have to. And there's this one guy, a former student of mine who doesn't train with me anymore, who had come from up north. And they had this thing where they did a 24-hour test. When you tested for black belt, you had to check in at the dojo. And for 24 hours, you had to go through all your forms, everything at the beginning. And then you had to do a bunch of cleaning and menial crap around the dojo. And then you had to stay there overnight. And once, like every hour, someone came in there and woke you up and kicked your ass. <laughs> like for the whole night, man. And they had to sign up for like shifts. I'll take the 4 o'clock in the morning shift and come kick, kick Dan's ass at 4 a.m. And... and can I just lock the doors? I'm not. I'm sleeping. Um, and it's stupid because, one, this prepares you for nothing. Two, it, 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 it's not traditional. It's not the way they did it. And so it was always these people, the same people that talk traditional, the same people that make ludicrous uh, belt tests like this, calling it traditional, where traditional was, hey, Dan, go catch a black belt. <sighs> well, that brings me to I'm going to try and explain your style. Okay. And it's going to be horrifically wrong. You'll probably be better off than I was. (laughs) Although Uh, I I don't think I did too bad. No, not too bad. I don't think I did horrible. Um, 
and I've been trying to read up on a handful of things, and I've been jumping around a lot because I'll pick up a new book and go, oh, I need to look at that chapter real quick, and then I go back and whatnot. But uh, I, and I have a, it's weird because I know some Korean names, so like some of the like General Choi or something like that. Like if you throw out a couple of those names, like I'll recognize them, right. I'll know where they're from. I the only Japanese name that out of the 500 I've read over the past like six months through books uh, was Gitchen, and that's because he had something to do with Taekwondo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And of course, here's the whole thing about Funakoshi that made Funakoshi. Uh, one, he went to Japan and he basically took uh, Okinawan karate to Japan. And the second thing about him, he, he was he was a teacher, he was literate, so he wrote books. And third, he lived to be 98. Mm. Now, Tatsuo Shimabuko only lived to be 68. If Tatsu, and he died in 75, if he had lived to be uh, uh, Gichin Funakoshi's age, he would have lived all the way to 2005. And I can't even imagine how Ishinori could have changed in that. Mm-hmm. But he, he died relatively young, especially for an Okinawan, yeah. where Funakoshi lived very long. Yeah. And, and that was one thing that I was noticing. Because when I think karate, uh, one, I think Japanese, which I'm... My question, real quick... Would you consider it Japanese? No, karate is yeah. totally Okinawan. That, and there you go. That, and that's what I was but always But Okinawa thought. is now a province of Japan. Yeah. And it, so it is it's de facto Japanese. <laughs> but most people don't realize how far Okinawa is from Japan. Mm-hmm. How far do you think, uh, without, do you, do you know? Uh, I'm guessing it's in the neighborhood of like Hawaii to California. Basically, it's like from, if you started here in Wilmington, North Carolina, um, Okinawa would be across the ocean to Arkansas. So pretty, pretty long journey, yeah. and so so that it's not the same. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's very separate. It's out there in the middle of the ocean. It's a very clean place, no pollution. Yeah. Uh, anyway, go ahead with your, your. So, and that too, I always thought, okay, thousands and thousands of years old. This was like uh, BCE type of stuff, and uh, then I'm seeing like you know 1400s, 1600s, 1700s with a lot of it, uh, and. I still I haven't gotten to the you know who specifically started stuff, but at the same time, kind of like we were talking about with martial arts, it was kind of everywhere, and no one really named it anything. But it was uh, a, a lot of references to China and like mm-hmm. the empty hand or fist or whatever that hand, was, tay, yeah. or China yes, hand tay, or or, or, or or empty hand, yeah. And that they really didn't have systems necessarily; they were just training. They didn't have names for it. And then the names came from the villages, it, and that was one of the other things. Is that a lot of them refused, from what I understand, uh, to put any other name to it. They're like, "Why?" And I'm not going to change it. And then eventually, it was where they were, or the name of somebody, or they just kind of were saying it a lot in the class, and then they named it that. Their students named it that. Uh, so that that was the the big thing that I kind of came away with is it wasn't Japanese. Japanese, it was Okinawa, uh, which I technically now is considered Japanese. Although uh, in the past it had been owned by um, by China, um, you know, it, it, Okinawa had been independent at one point. Mm. Uh, but the thing about um, and you're 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 probably about the the same level of, of knowledge of, of karate as uh, as my knowledge of Taekwondo, mostly mm. because we're both students of, of the stuff. Mm. I'm actually looking up a fact right now on my phone to make sure I'm not. Um, I'm not, um, yeah, okay. Uh, so Okinawa, basically, um, Okinawa is small. It's only 66 miles long by 7 miles wide, basically. 
Um, although not square like that, you know, at its biggest part, it's 66 by 7. And, you know, so most likely when you look at karate, karate was, um, was, came around sometime probably in the 1600s. Probably, and they don't say definitely, probably mm-hmm. by people when they were conquered and they weren't allowed to carry weapons anymore. It were blades, so they learned how to fight with their hands and with farm tools. And a lot of the things that we use in Okinawan weaponry are farm tools. And they, um, they, over time, it became a concept. Now, a lot of it came from China, and, and, and a lot of times the, the Okinawans knew that China had their own fighting style, and Okinawans would travel to China and train with the Chinese monks and the Shaolin temples and whatnot you hear of. And, uh, and they brought a lot of that back, and it started to, they started to take the things they liked from China and make it their own. Now you look at you know really uh, like kung fu and the circular system. Okinawan karate is really not like that. It's definitely more utilitarian, more strike based. Um, you know, a lot of inside fighting. But then they the master started uh, you know master started evolving and basically coming out. And you know, there's one guy that they all point to. Um, uh, he's known as Karate Sakugawa. Uh, and uh, I, one of the bokatas I teach at my school is Sakugawa no Kun, and it's one of the oldest you know, bow forms. I think it traces back, uh, they have, anyway, at least to the early 1800s. But um, they, at that point, it became how they taught karate in villages. So, like, you had the village of Naha and the village of Shuri. Uh, you had Shuri, Te, Te meaning hand. And then you had Naha, Te, uh, which was the way they taught fighting with your hands in the village of Naha. And Shuri and Naha weren't very far apart. They're only a few miles apart. But their style of martial arts was very different. And uh, and then on top of that, what a lot of people don't realize is, you know, this stuff was, there was a lot of family systems. There were a lot of, you know, very enclosed off systems. And, like, if you wanted to learn how to use weapons, you, there weren't a lot of, like, general weapon schools. You could go somewhere and learn bojutsu, how to fight with a six-foot stick. Mm-hmm. And that's all they taught in that school was, that's that their family taught you how to fight with a stick, and they were butt kickers. Mm-hmm. And there was like sai jutsu, uh, where they taught how you how to fight with sai's. And but it was all on, compacted on this one little small island, and of course the out, out outer islands of Okinawa. Mm-hmm. And uh, but then of course Okinawa uh, karate became big because post World War II, we took over Okinawa, and now we have we've had military bases, mm-hmm. and the Marines were there, and the, and so. You know, in the 50s, the Marines were pouring into Okinawa post-World War II, and the Okinawan masters were jockeying for positions of teaching Marines how to fight like the Okinawans and the karate systems. And so in the 50s, and then Tatsuo got one of the big... Tatsuo Shimabuku, the guy that does Ishinru, got one of the biggest Marine contracts in the 50s. And so he started teaching a lot of Marines, and he was getting paid, and he was a relatively wealthy Okinawan at the time. And uh, because of that, he had a lot of influence... And so he would teach the Marines, and the, and the problem with that became, and this is, this is rough, is how long are Marines in Okinawa? A couple of years. At the most. 18 months usually mm-hmm. is about the longest tour they had over there. Do you make a black belt in 18 months? No. <laughs> well, Tatsuo not wanting his system to die and not truly understanding how big the United States was, he would say... He, someone would come over, and in 18 months, he'd make them a third-degree black belt mm. in 18 months. And he'd give them the rank of six-degree black belt and said, you go back to the United States, and you train, and in 10 years, you, you wear this rank. 
Except this, he, they already had the certificates. Well, a lot of these Marines got off the plane wearing that rank, saying, I'm a Sikh, I'm an Okinawan master. <laughs> and he wanted to propagate the system, so he allowed that. And he, mm-hmm. I mean, he promoted some people to 8th degree black belt after like 3 or 4 years of training. Mm. Well, those guys didn't really have a whole lot of knowledge, but and some of them, like Harold Mitchum, spent a lifetime really refining that. And, and by the time he died, he'd been training fifty something, sixty something years, and, mm-hmm. and you could appreciate that because he was constantly trying to make himself better. Yeah. But there's still a lot of Marines that would didn't that trained for a short while and then didn't come back into the picture until it became if you were an original student of Tatsu, you were kind of celebrity, and they'd be like, "I trained with Tatsu. I'm a six degree black belt." And they didn't know their butt from the hole in the ground in karate. And and but they would be treated as celebrities because they trained with Tatsu. Like Ta- and the whole thing was Tatsu was an Okinawa master. He was good. He wasn't the end all end all of karate. He wasn't the most well known master of his of his time because he was alive at the same time as Jotoku Kian and, and 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 Miyagi from the from the Motobus, uh, from the um, Gochuru system and you know uh, and 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 geez, uh, there's a dozen others. That were that were at least his contemporaries, at least equal to him. Mm-hmm. But these guys came out of the woodworks and and weren't very good. Unfortunately, uh, also what he would do is when he came over and visited the United States, you know, Okinawa, Okinawa seven <laughs> miles by eleven miles. I'm about sixty six miles. He would be in Washington with like Mister Armstrong, and he'd say, "Steve son, you are." Master of Ishiru in all of America, and then he'd travel all the way across the country, hours and hours, and uh, over. And he'd say, t- he'd tell Harold Long the same thing. Then he told Nagel the same thing, and all these guys were like, "Hey, Tatsuo said I was the master," and he didn't realize that these guys could still get together because he thought, as big as this country is, these guys are never going to see each yeah. other, and they're never they're never going to you know meet up. I mean, this country is huge, and so it caused a, I mean, Ishiru splintered so bad because mm. of that. But it's uh, but as far as Ishinru goes, Ishinru's a, a, a you had Shorinru, which was what Nah uh, Shurite became, it became Shorinru, and then you had Nahate, which became Gojuru. And Shimabuku trained with both. He trained a lot under Kion, who was the master of uh, of Shorinru in his lifetime until he died during World War Two. And he trained some with Miyagi and also a more with another guy. And he kind of blended those to make his own style. Now, personally, I'm not a huge fan of people that make their own styles. I think we don't reinvent the wheel. Mm. And I don't think Tatsu really I don't think Tatsu really brought anything to the table that wasn't already there. Uh, in fact, some things about Ishinru I don't like. I don't like some of our, our form choices. He did make us we are a vertical punch style, which is more in line with the way people actually fight. Mm. But for the most part, I'm not a big fan of some of the stuff he did because everybody will be like, yeah, what we were taught as kids, Tatsuo was the greatest uh, uh, martial artist on Okinawa during his life. Well, once you get older and you can look that stuff up, it wasn't true at all. Mm. Was, uh, he was good and he was well respected, but he wasn't he wasn't the end all end all. Yeah, like we were told, and it's it, it, it's there's only but so many ways we can do these things. And when you change something that dates back to Tatsuo was good and ta- what Tatsuo taught was was combat tested. But if something was invented in the 1600s, like I've always told my students, right now, if you and I were at your at your at your school, and uh, and we were training, but we thought there was a 25 percent chance that on our way home someone's going to pull us over and, and we we're going to fight to the death, we would probably train a little differently <laughs> than we do uh, nightly when we're just kind of I don't feel like really training that hard. I'm I'm tired. I'm just going to go through my forms and go home. Well, the guys that invented these moves were inventing these moves to defend their lives. Mm-hmm. 
Brent Holland in 2022 shouldn't be changing those moves. Well, I don't like that move. I don't think that move works. I'm going to do it like this. Hey, Brent, have you ever killed anybody? No. Have you ever seriously maimed anybody? No. I've been in a handful of fights, but you know, I mean, most of those are just the old technique of fist to head. It works really well. You know, and so I don't, I don't try to change moves, and mm. and and even, even the ones like we talked about when, when we were talking about your brother, mm. I don't try to. If I don't understand a move, I assume that somewhere in the future I'm going to. Yeah. Because I just don't get it because I'm not having to defend my life on the way home. Yeah. Now, going back to the the weapons, because this kind of fits as well. I I was always taught based on what you had said, all the. Okinawan weapons were farm utensils or uh, fishing utensils. And a few, two or three years ago, uh, I came across something that suggested that it wasn't. And I've seen that pop up numerous times. Like, some of them are like the comma, obviously, the or, well, obviously. Well, you can still find commas. They're sold at, um, commas are sold at uh, hardware stores mm-hmm. for yeah, yeah, for gardening. Yeah, but like uh, size and nunchucks, they were saying no. That was like royalty. That wasn't a farm utensil of any any sort, and that most Okinawans didn't have access to that, and there was no weapons ban, which is confusing. And that's why you, when you even look up uh, look up online, it says may have been a weapons yeah. ban. Mm-hmm. And it, some of it makes sense. I mean, but on the other hand, just poverty itself would have dictated that that. That learning how to fight with a stick is a little bit easier than mm-hmm. you know. You're probably not going to have a sword, but you can have a stick. Yeah. And, and 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 nunchucks. You know, when I was when I was coming up, there so nunchucks were used for thrashing grain. Well, that seems like a really ineffective yeah. way to thrash grain. Um, size were the the hitches to, to keep your wagon to your to your, to your donkey. Well, that seems like a, a dumb way to do that. Mm-hmm. Also, but 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 it, it's and if it was okay, cool. Uh, if it wasn't, look, a sword was a sword. Mm-hmm. It was a weapon of destruction for one human being to kill another. Yeah, it's still a traditional fighting system. I, I don't, you know, I don't care if the size were. Some people say the size were used by the royal, the guard of royalty. You know, mm-hmm. there were the weapons used. Still not a, a great weapon compared to a sword, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But you know, it, it's there. There's a not enough written history about mm-hmm. this stuff, and it gets so complicated. And like we talked before, and politics, politics gets involved, and you're always going to get someone lying. And national, like love of nation, in this kind of like you had mentioned, they had gotten like you know eighth degree, then sent back to America. That's something I had heard uh, years ago, and but the reasoning was different. They said uh, they were promoting them fast, send them back to America, so that it always looked like. Uh, Okinawa or Japan or Korea was better comparative in rank so that they always had that we are better than you you're not as good as us like as that was the rationale behind it other than trying to promote it and get it out there faster and preserve it It, those things come up a lot and again it's like maybe maybe there was someone that did it that way to, to say that everybody collectively did it this way for this reason is untrue and I think that's where a lot of that misinformation comes from. There may have been one person that said, man, I'm going to promote this American like ninth degree, and he's going to look like crap, and they're going to realize against us dude, we're dude, so I much got, better. I got in so much trouble some years ago um, when I ordered a, a – a, a, back when – really 
the infancy of the internet, or at least with videos like before YouTube. This is like the late '90s, and I ordered a video series by one of the Ishinu masters, and I get the video series, and they are so bad. This guy, <laughs> he wasn't that old. I mean, he was in his fifties when he shot the videos, but he's so wretched at these videos. It's, the forms are so laughably bad. Mm-hmm. And I got on the forums and said, "Man, this is this sucks, man." And his students, man, attacked me and, and, and blasted. I said, "Well, you guys realize this guy was promoted to sixth degree black belt in like a few years, right?" Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, but he earned it. Blah blah blah. He 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 trained. I'm not joking. They say he trained. He was a marine and he was training eight hours a day, uh, every day, seven days a week not for working. the. I was like, I was like, well, was he a marine? What was, when was he marining? Um, I mean, uh, 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 if he was there, I bet Tatsu was like, "Oh, here comes that guy again. Crap, he is always." Like, dojo he never goes home um it, it, it's horrible the, the, these people believed it because that's why mm. when they came back when they wanted to justify their rank they said well you gotta just understand you guys train a couple hours a week i was training eight hours a day mm. every day of the week even on christmas yeah. you know and you know it's garbage it's not true and mm. even then even if you trained eight days a week you your brain needs time to process information you can't get you, you can't get but so much new information a day if right now because of, of your experience, if you and I trained eight hours a day, you could process Ishinru and probably get a black belt in no time mm-hmm. because you're already a high-ranking yeah. black belt. But if I take some dude off the street that's never done it before, mm-hmm. eight hours a day is going to be no better than two hours a day. Mm-hmm. And that's what these guys were claiming, like this guy was going in and busting his hump eight hours a day every day. And they believed it because that's what they were told and they were forced to recite and, 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 and give it out, the same information to their students. And it just wasn't true. And, mm-hmm. and so these guys that were, and they never got good at the forms. And this guy, oh, he's over, he's, he's kind of overweight, but he just looks like a big lumbering ox in these videos. And they're so bad. I now show them to my students to laugh. And I say, this, I, I spent a hundred and something bucks on this video series, if you can believe it. And they're like, oh my God, this is horrible. I was like, yeah, I know. I was like, I have orange belts that do this form better than this guy wearing a red belt. <laughs> it's, 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 it's frustrating. The, you know, there's an association out there, uh, and I was watching their master's ceremony. Because I, I was a part of this association when I first started. Like, we were just getting out of it and then going into a different one. And, uh, again, Taekwondo, uh, not the Hapkido, but the it's just grand. You're wearing robes, you're drinking, then, like, turning the water bowl, like, a quarter turn, and then giving it to this person... And then you go stand here and light this flame, and like this four-hour. Yeah, you told me masters. a little bit about it. I remember you telling me about that. And I, I'm watching this. I'm like, why are they doing this? What's this got to do with martial arts? And of course, their explanation is, oh, it's this ancient tradition of. I'm like, no, it was not around at that time. Like you're first implementing of all, our, first this. First of all, our, our style is only fifty from 1955. I mean, I, I was like, it's in, in that specific style. Was not in 1950. That one came about in the 70s. They, it was an offshoot. It, it, it's like those. It's like all those things for black belt. I told you about. It's one guy's idea, and then they justify it by saying this is tradition. Mm-hmm. My tradition, the Prince yeah. Island tradition. I want you to like. You know, there's a guy up in in, in, in the Piedmont part of the state that um that that he's and he's he's well known, uh, respected master. He's a butt kicker. He's older now, but he likes to do triathlons. So one of the rec- uh, the requirements for making black belt in this dojo is that you compete in a triathlon. <laughs> uh, well, that's cool. 
wasn't all, but you know what? I write plays. I, this is what I do. <laughs> so, so, so I guess if you want to get a black belt, my my style of martial arts, you have to do. You have to write a, a one act play about uh, about about karate <laughs> and get it published. And if you can't get it published, like I've done thirty something times now, you know, if you you can't do that, well, you must not be a black belt. What what if you can't swim? What if you were, were like you, yeah. you were born in a landlocked area and you never learned how to swim? I mean, it's, but that's what these these people think because I love it mm-hmm. and I'm good at it. It's good for everybody, and that's really an old school sensei mentality that that I know you gave up on years mm-hmm. ago, and I definitely gave up on. Yeah, I have no problem changing things. I'm not going to reinvent the wheel here. I'm not changing techniques. I, I'm changing the process. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I implemented again because I'm a trainer, a personal trainer. I know exercises and the way the muscles work. I can spot where there's imbalances, mm-hmm. and if a person can't turn, let's say um, somebody with their toes that go out when they stand naturally, their, their toes go out. You can't do uh, a proper front stance because that cause they can't turn the foot in to turn their hips in far enough to align for power. Like right. you can't do it, so they have to. I have to train them to. It's all in their hips. So it's their where their hips are tilted is what's happening there, and so I see that. So I implemented at each rank fitness and stretching exercises. They don't have to do a hundred push-ups. They just have to do one really good one to show that they understand how to do it, and then I make them do it on a regular basis, and based on if they have a muscle imbalance. If they don't, then I right. say just show me you know how to do it. Okay, cool. Here's your strike. Move on. But some of them, I've had students that had pigeon toe before, toes pointing in, and it can be corrected. And so we, over the years, we get it corrected, and their technique gets better, their posture gets better, their health gets better. And but I have to focus in on that stuff. That's what I can do personally. Yeah, because you're on top of yeah. being a martial artist, you're you're a personal trainer. Yeah. So in my studio, that's part of it. Now my brother's studio, exact same stuff. He doesn't do that. Because he doesn't know that side of it, he it doesn't really affect what he's doing, so he doesn't focus on it. And but we still we teach essentially the same stuff. So it, there's always that uh, you know this is traditional. You have to do it this way. No, I don't need to do what. <laughs> I, but my goal for my students is self defense. Right. And then for some of them, as they get higher up in rank, is understanding some of the history. Where things came from, to me, it's fascinating. Well, history is important mm-hmm. to a degree. And this is what I tell my students is your martial arts training is only as good as the people you've learned from. Mm-hmm. That's part of the reason why I expose my people to as many good people as I can. And understanding that, that for what it's worth, I had great training. My, my instructors include you know, John Maisenhelder, which was spectacular. Um, uh, Larry Isaac is mm-hmm. my instructor now. He's fantastic. I've trained a lot with Denny Schaefer, Doug Perry, uh, you know, um, Jim Malogue, uh, and, and you know, and of course Tim Cunningham. I've, I've had great instruction, mm-hmm. and that means that I'm pretty well rounded. And, and, and I always joke and tell my students, "It's like, look, those of you who got to get a black belt from me in, in 2022 are so much better equipped than people that got a black belt from me in 2005, mm-hmm. because I now have instructors underneath me." that are better martial artists than I was at 2025. Mm-hmm. At 2005, 2000, not in the future, 2005. You know, in my dojo right now, there are at least five or six active people who could smoke 2005 Brent Holland, mm-hmm. as far as, including myself. You know, so it, it's, it's 
that, they should be better. They yeah. should always be getting better. And, and that's the way... It, I, I learned this actually from my drafting instructor years ago in high school. Like, the this was... I think it was the class, like, drafting, too. It's like uh, AutoCAD. So, drawing on AutoCAD. We already knew the basics, but this was just step it up. And the first day of class, uh, he's like... Uh, the goal at the end of the school year is that you know AutoCAD better than I do. And, of course, everyone laughed. That's not possible. How are you supposed to know more than the instructor? This guy knows everything. And then, sure enough, by the end of the, the year, most of us were showing him new techniques and where to find new stuff. And then he, to was, make a it good, he was a good teacher. Yeah, exactly. And that stuck with me. And I've said the same thing to my students. I'm like, you're going to be a better first-degree black belt than I ever was. Oh, absolutely. And a better second-degree, better... Because I learned where I failed and was sucked at this, so I'm going to focus on making you better at that. And it, every instructor should do that. You, I want my students to always be better than me. That's always the goal. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, like I always joke about the fact that in every single form we do in my school, I have some student that can do it better than I can. Mm-hmm. Because I've been blessed and had a lot of black belts stay the course, which is nice. But, you know, they've been around a long time, and now, you know, like uh, Josh Lee competing against him in our second form, Seujin, I would lose. Mm-hmm. Ten times out of ten, <laughs> I would lose to him in that form. Um, I've got others uh, that in almost every almost every form, I can list some student I wouldn't want to compete against. Mm-hmm. And now they're black belts, at least. And I will say that. But, mm-hmm. but, you know, there's students I don't want to go against. But that's good. That's what a good teacher does. Mm-hmm. And I have students that, that to this day, when we're, we're going through uh, bunkai and moves and how things work, that will come up with something. I'll go, I like that. Um, and then occasionally we have moments that are ludicrous. We have this one move and this one form where your hands are here by your hips. And um, and uh, and for whatever reason, we're, we're, at a, we're at a seminar. This is just a little stupid side story. You know Guy Sidbury. Mm-hmm. Okay, Guy. Everyone knows Guy. Uh, in, in fact, for the longest time, I used to joke and say that uh, I was the fourth most well-known person in the school that I, I own. Uh, there was for, number one people always recognized was um, was my older brother because he has the long long white hair and he cones the dojo with me. Everybody always remembers Byron with the with the, the wizard hair. And then number two was my wife at the time, Aubrey, because she was the butt kicking female martial artist. Number three was Guy, and then there was me. I was number four. <laughs> and uh, but guy, we were at this seminar, and guy is wanting a good answer of what this kind of ludicrous move is, and it, basically it looks like you're pointing at your groin and go kick me here, <laughs> and 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 we're trying to guy is determined to get an answer from this, and he's like no 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 here here keep pointing at his crotch, and we're all about to die, and so now that move has forever been called the guy Sidberry, and uh, and so you know it's so even to this day you know when that move comes up, it's like okay this is you know talk about punch, uh, slap the slap the giant. Punch. <laughs> the baby. It's like okay, we're gonna pick it up right after the guy Sidbury. <laughs> but but you know it, it's. But on the other hand, that's the little things that. But you know, guy is a is a great martial artist. Um, he's a third degree black belt with me, and he knows so much more than I did at third degree black belt because along the line, when he was a third degree black, see, when I was a third degree black belt, I was being trained by a, a guy that was a really good Ishinruis, but really didn't have any outside knowledge other than that. He didn't train with anybody mm-hmm. else. 
guy at third degree black belt has been getting trained by me and I'm being trained by Mr. Isaac and Mr. Schaefer and mm. and guy gets trained by these people and he knows all of them so he knows so much more at third degree and Mark who's a third degree black belt same deal my second degree black belts all know so much more than I did at mm. second degree which is which is good and I hope that it eventually it, it, it it's you know they all stay the course and they all become butt kicking sixth and seventh degree black belts and mm. one day we're a whole bunch of red and white candy cane belt looking people <laughs> hanging out that's the hope. I get attached to people. I don't like it when they quit. Now some yeah, yeah. some some have ticked me off in the past, and 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 I don't. I think you've been with considering you have fewer black belts. I think you've avoided one of the biggest problems I've had, which is people that have really stuck it to me after getting black belt. Mm. And I don't think you're on bad terms with any of your black belts, are you? No. Yeah, I am. There's there's several mm. there's several that uh, that I. I wish I could take back their black belt. I don't, that's mm. not possible. You can't drain <laughs> the knowledge from somebody's yeah. brain. But there's a couple that 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 over the years, and it just comes from me. You know, I've promoted 118 people to black belt now, mm. and uh, and out of those 118, there's about five or six of them that I, I would I would go back and say just because not because they didn't have the physical tools, but because they're spiritually it's just corruption. They're not mm. good people. Yeah, and I didn't see it at the time, or I ignored it at the time. Mm. And now I look and I go, I did that wrong. Mm. I shouldn't have done that. Yeah, I think that's part of why I take so long to, to give out black belt. I, out of man, 17, 18 years that I've been teaching here in Wilmington, uh, I think maybe 15 to 20 black belts is all I've promoted. And I know most of your black belts. Mm. I, I, I've met most of them. And, uh, and most of them are the exact type of people that... that I would like to have as my own black belts, mm-hmm. Paulo and Angie, and uh, and uh, what's the little blonde dude's name? Uh, uh, Griffin. Griffin. I've mm-hmm. seen Griffin as a Griffin Pace. Yeah. And uh, and then of course Joe Barry, which mm-hmm. we all love. Joe. Uh, I wish Joe still lived here. Yeah. I was glad that that was a fun test when we got together <laughs> to test Joe for third degree black belt. That was a lot of fun. And you know, but it's and and Todd Champion, who, yeah. who Todd's a, Todd's a blast. I wish Todd could train more. Mm-hmm. I think he was getting his leg, legs fixed over the last couple well, of weeks. Yeah, he had mentioned that to me because he, he one of our weapons in Upkeeto is the cane, and he's he had mentioned that he might be needing the cane at some point. So he wants to try and get that learned. So when that day comes, he can use it. Yeah. So hopefully we can get that going there. Uh, but yeah, it's. It, I'll train somebody, and I'm just I'm not sure about them, and so I. It's not well, always. If you, if for you that. look at some of your pictures you have on the wall, I don't know about some of those people. Uh, <laughs> so, speaking of speaking of which, Todd Champion's picture is one of my still one of my favorite pictures of any black belt. He looks like someone has just jabbed a thumb up his butt right when that picture was taken. I, I love it. He, he finally convinced me to to replace it. He I, he sent me a new one. I still have the other one. <laughs> I and I picture. told him I'm not I'm not throwing that thing away. Like Never. it's going to be somewhere. It was up there for years. <laughs> he hated that. And I, it was one of my favorites, but <laughs> out of respect, so he gave he finally got me a new picture. I all right, I'll put that up instead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish you guys could have seen this picture. It was it, it looked like he was surprised and, and like it like he was like, "Ooh." <laughs> oh, you you found me with a kid. That's kind of the the look on the face right there. <laughs> it's so bad. Close the van door. Quick. <laughs> uh, and, and I hope Todd listens to this because he's one of my favorite people. I, I like Todd. He's, he's a lot of fun. 
<laughs> I remember one time Todd and I were judging together, and uh, one, it was one of my students, he was doing a side kata, and uh, he dropped one of his sides. And uh, it was me, Todd, and this other guy judging. And uh, and my student dropped one of his weapons. Usually you just stop the kata right there, you, mm-hmm. you're done. Well, my student literally does a front handspring and picks up the the the, the side with the front handspring. It looks almost like he intentionally dropped it and then recovered it. And, and afterwards, we're all sitting there, and Todd and the other guy look at me and go, I, I don't know how I should score this guy. I mean, that was really slick. And I, he was my student. So then they're like, judges, score. And the scores were like 6.87, 6.84, And then that was the lowest score I could give the guy was a 6.00 if he was mine. Uh, yeah, it's good times. Yeah. Did we miss anything? I didn't, I could probably go. Oh man, like we, we both, down we've both list, been told but, so much stupid stuff over the uh, years. Yeah. We could go for six more hours, but yep. yeah, but that's. Uh, I think we got a good amount in. We can always revisit later. Add yeah, to the list. <laughs> hey, if any of you are listening to this, and you add something to yeah. it. Yeah. We 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 we've all been told stupid things over the years. Oh, it's it's steeped. That's why I'm writing that book on myths and misconceptions of martial arts, and I've got already like 50 chapters ready to go. Well, I, 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 hope, I hope I'm in some of the pictures of this book like I was in the last one, because yeah. the last book has, has pictures of fat Brent, and the, I don't look like that dude anymore. I've lost so much weight since that book came out. It's like, man, it's like, I, 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 it's one of my best friends in the world here. It's like, I'm in, I'm in all these pictures, and I look like a look like I, I ate, ate the old version of me. But, uh... Yeah, we got to get more pictures going, more events going. It's... It writing takes a long time too, man. Man, that's one thing. That's why I stayed a theater man. I can write a one act play and get it and spend eight hours on it, and I'm done, man. It's it's nice, a lot easier than trying to do what you're doing. So the first one was a ten year process, and that was like every free moment I got, I was writing. Yeah, and so it's the same. I, it... Well, you only have like nine free moments a month. So yeah, that's, that's kind of the problem. I'm trying to create more time with that but then research I didn't have to do as much research on that first book it was just stuff I knew it's stuff that popped up but this one I'm having to read through a lot of books and articles and whatnot. and even that there's so much everything is contradicting each each other that's karate it's just it's crazy but eventually I'll get that one I may end up writing something else in between who knows but well you know you, you do it I'll buy a copy yeah All right, we'll close this one. We'll be back later with more.